Hey. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. We live in the 405. Welcome back to another installment of the Thundergrads podcast. I'm your host for today's show, Miles Hartman. Join with me as always is Mr. M- 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 Michael Martin. Big Mike, what's good, bro? We're finally in regular season basketball. They're real games that matter now. I know, right? We had a lot of great, great NBA games so far uh, as we get into the swing of things this first week. A lot of wins and a lot of losses. The mm-hmm. Thunder was one of them. The Thunder lost to the Jazz 107-86. SGA led the way with 18-4-2, and Bays added an additional 15-7-2. Now, Big Mike, what was your biggest takeaway from last night's game? Just the three-point shooting, I guess with the team overall, but specifically with the starters, they go two for 23. That's about 8%. That's just not going to get it done. Specifically, you have Bays going one for seven, Dort one for six, Favors and Giddy didn't take a three, and then Shea one for seven. They were all really good shots. That was part of the thing that stuck out to me. It's just a matter of when they hit those. But, you know, I'd rather have them taking really good shots than not. Yeah, it was just tough to watch. It was obviously, you know, where... You know where uh, the game was going to head as as this as the game went on and progressed. So it was just it was just tough to see the Jazz. Obviously, they just dominated the whole game from the jump. And but I have to also say that the Thunder have to get better defensively. Guys standing in the paint, looking at the ball when somebody shoots it in in instead of boxing somebody out. And it was also guys like Favors who was just letting Gobert have it his way inside the paint and let him get offensive rebounds and easy putbacks at any time throughout the game. Also, guys like SGA and Giddy need, need to learn how to fight through screens because as soon as they were they were there to attempt a box out, Spider or Mike Conley was already cashing out. And so I definitely feel like getting de- getting best, better defensively instead of playing that Ole defense, like how my high school coach used to say, is something that they need to improve on. Also, it was good to see – Guys like the rook, the rookies, uh, JRE uh, dropping ten points and looking comfortable shooting that three ball. It was it was great to see him uh, shoot 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 the lights out and showcase that you know I could be a, a versatile big in this league. Also, Trey Man dropping nine points, Giddy dropping four and ten, and Isaiah Roby had that crazy dunk over Jared Butler in the fourth. It was it was crazy. Big jam, man. That was. Even though they lost, but it's it's still a good highlight, and he dropped eight and five in that game. But overall, it was just great to see the rooks be on the floor at the same time and play together. Yeah, no. Speaking of like guess on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have all these rookies for the Thunder. The Jazz are just a well-built veteran team with a bunch of guys who have played together. They've gone deep in the playoffs the last two years. I mean, they lose on that tragic three-one loss, Game Seven, where Mike Conley shot rattles out in the bubble against Denver. And they lose last year to the small ball five uh, Clippers. But this is a team with real title aspirations. So I wouldn't worry too much, especially, I mean, it's just one game, first game of the year. Not too much to read into. Unfortunately, Miles and I are both going to lose all of our savings funds because we bet on the Thunder to go 82-0. and <laughs> It's just unfortunate. But Hey, big, go big or go home, right? Our combined bank account of $3. Hey, go big or go home, yeah. right? But anyways, even though the Thunder – Lost last night. Which player impressed you, though? No, always got to have positives. But you mentioned him. It's JRE. Just having that stretch five who can come in and hit shots. 
Um, he was versatile on defense. He made some good passes, really smart plays. But I really liked him, like you mentioned, just shooting with confidence. He's mentioned, he said it in training camp, like, if I want to survive in this league, I have to make these shots. And that's what he did. Coming into the game, we even previewed that, like, you know, Rudy Gobert's going to stand in the lane. These shots are going to be open. You saw it, like I mentioned on the stat sheet, of all the Thunder starters missing all these threes. Those shots were there. It's just a matter of can you capitalize. And JRE did on his first night. Right. It's like you got these bigs in the league with Embiid and Gobert who are going to camp inside the paint and if their opponent's on at the three. You got to be able to shoot that thing for real. Like, Well, and especially guys who are coming in who are second-round picks like you saw with Lou Dort, you're in a position as a rookie most of the time where it's like, prove it to me that you can shoot. Josh right. Giddy's going to be in the same way. I think Trey Mann is probably going to get the most coverage, I guess, in the fastest time where people are going to start knowing that he's a good three-point shooter. But for the rest of these rookies and a lot of the unproven guys on this roster, second, third-year guys, it's proved to me that you can shoot before I go out there and guard you. Because Lou Dort has completely transferred, uh, transformed his game over the past couple of years because he started making those threes, and now he can attack those closeouts and become a finisher at the rim. But if you want to get to the rim, you got to be able to shoot or they're just going to camp the rim. Hey, that's, that's, that's real rap, for real. But my player that impressed me last night would have to be – it'd have to be Bays. Mm -hmm. No question about that. He's showing that he can do it all on both ends of the floor. Definitely showed flashes of how athletic and versatile he can be whenever he steps on the floor. And just making an effort by boxing, in, boxing out, not giving his defender space, and he wasn't afraid to contest with Gobert as you – I don't know if you saw him get bodied on mm -hmm. – that was that was pretty embarrassing yeah. as he was just hanging on the rim. That should have been a tech, but it's all good. But just having that courage to to, to just be that guy to not not be not being afraid to make big plays on the defensive end. And as far as the offensive end, he was being aggressive when driving to the bas basket and showing that he wasn't afraid of contact. Also, he was cutting to the basket, which led to easy lay-ins and didn't give up on plays whenever he missed shots. Not only is this how you become a better as as an individual player in the league, but it makes your teammates around you better in the long run. So it was just good to see Bayes go out there and just do his thing. Yeah, no, he had some stuff going. For him, I'd like to see – you mentioned driving and being aggressive towards the rim. I'd like to see more straight line action from him, less dribbling and dancing around the perimeter. If you're going to start making these threes, just simplify it, just catch and shoot first. And then once you start getting your rhythm going, you start making shots, get some confidence, then mix up some stuff in there. But for now, being that dynamic athlete that he is and his size and just length, going as a straight-line driver is probably his best skill right now. So I'd like to see him do a little bit more of that and less, you know, thinking he's Kevin Durant out there. <laughs> now I understand we like to focus on – we like to see things where they're, the glass is half full, mm -hmm. right? But it's also half empty. Now, who do you think underperformed last night versus the Jazz? I want to say this because it's not a diss. It's okay. just they didn't play up to my expectations. I'm sure they'll be fine the next game. But I was a little bit underwhelmed with Shea in really? that one. I expected, you know, him to come back and just bounce back immediately where he uh, – or come back at right where he left off from last year because he was playing at a great um, level, you know, sort of all-star production, just really, really good, led the league in drives. And in that one, maybe it's just a matchup thing because of Gobert being in there. But he looked a little bit hesitant, and he looked like he was having a tough time getting his shot off and getting open good looks. But, you know, it's his first game. Um, I mentioned to you this 
before, but this is his first game in basically seven months. I mean, he played in training camp in preseason, but he didn't play in Canada for the Olympics. He's been out for months and months and months. So I'm sure once he gets his rhythm back, all will be good. Probably it's a bad matchup, but he'll probably rebound on Friday. Hey, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Hopefully SGA gets back in the groove. But what about you? Things. I'm going to have to go with – I got two guys. Okay. If that's okay. That's all right. I'm going to have to go with Tail Mallet on a poker. Mm-hmm. As the main guys off the bench, they have to bring some energy in that second unit. Having a combined four points just isn't going to cut it. Like, come on, bro. You have four more points than I do. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's not going to I mean, looking at the box score, I was really surprised at some of the minutes distribution. Because, I mean, the only guys who got over 20 outside of the starters was Maladon. I mean, um, Poku only gets 15. JRE gets 13, Kenrich gets 16, Roby 14. I knew that there were a lot of guys to play, but just seeing how Dignot like divvies up the minutes on this roster is going to be really, really interesting for guys like Maladon and Poku because, as we've mentioned, he's going to keep tinkering with this lineup. Nobody's really safe on this roster other than Shea, Giddy, Dort. So everyone else is kind of in a flexible position where he's going to try them on a bench roll or starting or different things. Let's see how they know experiences with this um, experiments with this whole lineup though. Like this, this is going to be interesting how how different lineups are going to be seen throughout the pro- uh, progression of the season. So let's mm-hmm. see. But moving on, despite last night's loss, the Thunder are back at it again tonight. They oh, Friday night. Friday night. My my bad. My bad. So sorry. They look to secure their first win of the season as they head to H-Town to take on the Houston Rockets. Now, what are what are some things that we should watch out for as these two teams go at it on Friday night? I think this will be a fun one. This will be a lot of points, a lot of uh, up and down, just going flying up and down the floor. Um, Lou Dort versus Jalen Green has my attention. I mean, Jalen Green... He's a great player, but Lou Dort just locked up Donovan Mitchell the other night, other than a few plays down the stretch where Donovan Mitchell, you know, doesn't have him on him, gets some some free throws, gets a layup or whatever, but finishes with 16, but he probably had 12 on Dort. But Jalen Green, I mean, he had a tough night last night. He was a minus 37 and plus minus. That's not good. That means your team was outscored by 40, basically, with you on the floor. Yeah. And that's against the Timberwolves. They didn't play the Jazz like the Thunder. They played (laughs) against the Wolves, who are far from functional they still rebuilding still rebuilding i mean they have anthony edwards who was telling he was yelling at houston's head coach to call, call a timeout time out. because i'm getting hot <laughs> i'm like you're built different i if love you just, anthony edwards that's crazy man but um i think it'll be interesting you see josh giddy go against jalen green a guy the, who they're, the battle of the jg exactly and then you have a guy who the thunder passed up and traded in the draft and um, Shingun, Alperin Shingun, and that'll be really interesting to see how some of the small ball fives, like we mentioned with Roby and JRE, guard a guy like that who's more of a traditional big man. He's got some, you know, he's from Europe. He's got some of the European flow in terms of stretching the floor and ball handling, but more or less he's a traditional big man in the sense that he wants to get his back to the basket and back you down. Also, you also, you also have to pay attention to the elite guard matchup for JG, both JGs actually, mm-hmm. their back, their backcourt mates, and SGA and KPJ, these are two elite high a level point, high level point guards that understand that I can drop thirty whenever they want to. I 
I just don't see KPJ on the level of Shea. What, what's the KPJ hate for? Why? It's not hate. I just think Shea's a lot better. He dropped 50, though. Okay, he dropped 50 for one game whenever he was the only player on the roster. But Shea has translated to winning. He's made the playoffs. He's done some different things. KPJ, I mean, I'm glad that he's rehabbing some of his image in his game, but he's never been on a winning team from Cleveland to this. He's had some attitude problems. I need to see him do it consistently on a team that matters and not somebody who's just like, they're just thrown out there because Houston tanked even more than the Thunder last year. They really did. That. So that's what I'm saying. So no disrespect to KPJ, but I got to see a little bit more. I mean, Shea, you know, he's just signed his extension. He's getting paid as much as Luca and Trey. He was on the verge of being an all-star in the next couple of years, and I think he's just a step or two above of where KPJ is right now. KPJ's still a bucket, though. He, no, Don't he's nice. He can yeah. score, but Shea's different level right now. Well, other than that, though, these are two organizations that picked up a lot of young talent in this year's draft, but we're both obviously expecting the Thunder to come out with the dub. You never know. So. I, you never know. I mean – with some of the, if they shoot like they did last night, then probably not. If they make some more shots, they get some more stops on defense. I mean, um, even Christian Wood gives them an interesting look because that's somebody who favors is going to have to take outside and guard out there. He's a good shot blocker. But I don't see anybody like who on the Rockets is guarding Shea. That that's my one question. Man, nobody. Jason Tate. Yeah, maybe? yeah, and that's that's not going to go well. <laughs> So I think the Thunder just have a little bit more experience, a little bit more talent right now. The Rockets are even younger than the Thunder somehow in a lot of ways. I really? Mean, I mean, they just because they got so many rookies, they got like four rookies in this year who are going to play major, major, major minutes, probably more combined minutes than some of the Thunder guys. I mean, Giddy will play a lot, but they have Jalen Green, Usman Garuba who they get. Josh uh, Christopher. Josh Christopher. Yeah. And then we mentioned Alfred's Chingun. All those guys are going to get major, major minutes. So... Like we've talked about, young teams don't defend. I think this is going to be up and down, a lot of scoring. But I think you might be right. I think the Thunder get the win in this one. Hopefully, hopefully. We'll see what happens. Now, moving on. Big Mike, let's play a game. All right, let's, let's yes, hear Yes, sir. Since our podcast name is The Thundergrads, this would imply that we're in college right now, right? Yes. Now, we're going to play a game where you name where these NBA players went to college. Great. You ready? I'm I'm ready for All this. All right, this we're going in the layup lines right now. Let's warm up right quick. This Woo! don't count. Let's 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 warm up. Okay, first, Russell Westbrook, UCLA. Okay, okay. that's correct. Yeah, it's correct. Correct. Julius Randle, Kentucky. All right. Okay. Tell me if it's correct, at least for yeah, the people okay. who don't know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's correct. Next one, Darius Baisley, our very own Darius Baisley. It's a trick question. He had the New Balance intern. He was going to go to Syracuse, but he decided not to. Okay, that is correct. And where did he go to high school, though? Do you know? Somewhere in Cleveland. Yeah, it was somewhere in the, his home state of Ohio's Princeton High School. Okay. Now, enough warm-ups. Let's get to the real stuff. Let's get straight to it. Okay. Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He went to, I think, Virginia Tech? B-Tech, that is correct. Okay, all right. Ed Davis. Ed Davis. That's another Kentucky guy, isn't it? Or did he go to North Carolina? He did go to North Carolina. <laughs> he did. Okay, I'll give you that one. That's half you said, a point. Or half a point. Okay, half a point. Next one. Tobias Harris. Oh. Oh, where did Tobias Harris play? 
I'll give you a hint. Okay. SEC. SEC. That's in their no. that's in their conference. No, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking. I really don't know this one. Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. No <laughs> basketball giant Tennessee has not put out a lot of guys. And they had Candace Parker there. They had Candace Parker though. I'm talking about NBA guys. She's still the go. It's though. still nice, but I'm just if you're talking about NBA guys, okay, it's like that's fair. him and Keon Jay, Johnson and Jay Rich. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, next one. Max Struess. Struess Goose, my guy from the Miami Heat. Can I just guess he didn't play in college somewhere <laughs> he's from overseas? No. Okay, here's the hint. The conference was in the Big East. Uh, Villanova, why not? It was DePaul. Ah, so close. I, I, DePaul was just on the tip of my tongue right there. You could just tell. <laughs> All right, next one. Robert Covington. Robert Covington went to, like, the smallest of small schools that I don't even know. You want me to give you the conference? Isn't it, like, a historically black uh, collegiate university? Yeah, yeah, I don't know this one. I wish I did. The conference was Ohio Valley, and the school was Tennessee State. Yeah, that, no. that is an HBCU. Shout out to all the HBCUs half point. out there. <laughs> yes, that is a half point. I'll give you half for that. But we do show love for all HBCUs on this podcast. We are pushing for the culture, you feel me? But, okay, next one. Colin Sexton, the young oh, bull. Alabama. Okay. Roll tide, oh, bounce roll back. Tide. Okay, bounce back. Bounce back season, you feel me? Okay, next one. Bobby Portis. Arkansas. Okay. Okay, Mike. Okay. Next one. Will Barton. Will Barton. He strikes uh, – no, because he hasn't been in the league long enough, but he strikes me <laughs> as a straight out of high school guy, but he's not. I'll give you a hint. I'll take one hint. He played in the American Conference. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was Memphis. Memphis. Dorian Finney-Smith. You're making me look really dumb right now. <laughs> I don't know. Where did Dorian Finney-Smith play? I give you a hint. He played in the SEC. Auburn. It was Florida. Close the enough. Florida Gators. Close enough. Over there in Gville. It was close, though. Okay. How many more last we have? One. Okay, La- last, last one. Okay, last one. Last one, last one. This is worth all the points. This Nothing guy, else matters. This guy is the face of the Lakers franchise. Austin Reeves. He went to Wichita State and then OU. Okay. That's your favorite player, is he? Don't play with me right now. <laughs> I don't like Austin Reeves. I don't think he's that good. We love Austin Reeves. This is the third the pod, straight though. Austin Reeves reference on this <laughs> podcast. I'm going to talk to you after this. Enough. Okay. Big Mike. What else we have going on? Out of 10 people, out of 10 of the players that I named that, and you answered, you got, it looks like four and a half. That's, that's fine. That's fine. It's just not my day. I mean, we just had a midterm. It's right. Just, it's so hard. Mentally, we're not here right yeah, now. Yeah, quiz me on Capstone, not this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, switching over to the rest of the league. In honor of the NBA's 75th anniversary, a list was created which named the greatest 75 players to ever play in the association. As of right now, the league only revealed 50 of them and will announce the remaining 25 at the start of tonight's ESPN's doubleheader. Now, Mike, as far as the list of players who were revealed already, what are your thoughts? 
I mean, the biggest thing to me, because, you know, they had the top 50 a while ago, just seeing which new modern players are going to get in. Mm-hmm. So just off the top, I mean, I'm looking at the list. You have Giannis, Kevin Durant, Dirk, James Harden, uh, Steve Nash, Chris Paul, plenty of guys from this era. And it's just Allen Iverson um, and other ones who will definitely be on this list. But it's really interesting to see which guys just in the short period of 25 years have established themselves as all-timers mm-hmm. so yeah, it's just great to see it especially with these the four players that are currently active in the league already that are on the list like you said Harden, kd cp3 Giannis. congrats to them this is very well deserved this is elite company to be in but who will, I, I understand that there are like 25 spots left who in the nba right now do you see making the list um, of guys who are still in the league right now, mm-hmm. Steph, LeBron, Russ, and then it kind of gets iffy. You wouldn't put Melo in there? I, I would. I would say him and Dwight are the two that were like right outside. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Kawhi. Kawhi. Kawhi's got to be on there. For me, it would be my my for sure's though would definitely be Braun, Curry, Melo, like you said. And my maybes, probably A.D., Kawhi, Russ. Russ has to be on there before Carmelo. Really? He won an MVP, and he won more games than Carmelo ever dreamed of winning. Average, average the triple-double in For, like, season, four so. years, yeah. yeah. No, Russell Westbrook's on there before Carmelo. But, yeah, I think that, especially with, like, Dwight, who's an interesting player, but he won, like, multiple defensive player of the years. If I think whenever we go back and we look at – some of the statistics with Dwight, I think more people are going to be impressed because in a lot of ways he's the modern um, Shaq. screen and roll five. Yeah, like that. I mean, I think Giannis is more Shaq than that. Well, but he is the most dom- – he's been the most dominant big since Shaq. Yeah, it is. Embiid? Oh, I forgot about him. Embiid and Jokic oh. are pretty good. Dwight, yeah. Dwight was a dominant defender, but he was nowhere near the offensive player that Shaq and these other guys are, but – you know, don't get me on a Dwight Howard tangent. It's too early. <laughs> okay, moving on. With the start of the NBA season underway, what team or player has impressed you the most? I mean, I mentioned him on the Tuesday or the Monday pod, but I uh, mentioned the comparison between LaMelo and Josh Giddy. but LaMelo was balling last what? night. What? Yeah. Woo! He went on a twenty. Uh, the Hornets went on a twenty-four to zero run in the third quarter. Lamelo finishes with thirty-one. He hit seven threes. Miles, big question about his shooting, and he showed out on that game. I mean, he goes eleven of twenty-three from the floor, seven of nine from three, nine rebounds, seven assists, and only two turnovers. With that like load, like that's a big thing, and especially. If he can keep this up, you know, maybe he has taken that leap. I don't think he looked that great in preseason, but maybe he was coasting, and now this is just the LaMelo ball we're going to see. But we'll see if that was just a hot shooting night or if this is the guy from now on. No, for He is the basketball's golden child right now, so it was great to see him hooping for the Hornets and coming back down 23. But what about you? Who impressed you? I'm going to have to go with the Knicks. Okay. What go, New him? York, go, New York, go. Go, New York. <laughs> Shout out Stephen A. Smith, man. But, okay, when watching the game and watching as the game progressed, it, the, watching the Knicks getting the win at home in the Mecca, you know, the stars came out. The atmosphere was crazy. Julius Randle, Orange Julius, 
is showing that not only did I improve, but I'm going to keep expanding my game and being the Southpaw dominant force that you saw last season. Last night, Randall dropped 35, 8, and 9, and the Frenchman, Frenchman Evan Fournier went off on his former team, helping Julius Randall secure the dub in overtime, 138 to 134 over the Boston Celtics. And I also read a stat yesterday that Fournier is the first player in Knicks history to score 30-plus in his debut. Mm-hmm. So he dropped 32, 6, and 3 in 44 minutes to play. Like Against my, your former team, too. My, my guy was straight balling. Like yeah. You obviously could tell that he wanted to win that game badly. Yeah. No, I liked what I saw from the Knicks, and they don't even have Nerlens Noel back yet. I mean, Mitchell Robinson played about every single minute. He probably needed to be in a IV after that, <laughs> the way Tibbs plays guys. But, yeah, I like the Knicks. I think they've improved their roster since last year. Uh, Thunder legend Kimba Walker was not that great, but <laughs> – you know, they'll improve. Good signs. I mean, Julius Randle was awesome, like you mentioned. Evan Fournier. And even some R.J. Barrett minutes were really nice. He had a big three down the stretch in overtime, or might have been double overtime. I do understand they call him Maple Mamba. They call him a bunch of things. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not calling him that, but they call him that. Now, what is something that you couldn't believe or that you saw so far in the season openers? As we know, you're not supposed to overreact to, like, season openers or one game, just small sample size. I mean, do you remember Michael Carter-Williams whenever he had, like, a 30-point triple-double against the Heat Mm -hmm. and beat them, and everyone's crowning Michael Carter-Williams the next guy, and then he turns out not to be that guy? Mm -hmm. But I was really interested to see, like, we mentioned the Lou Dort-Donovan Mitchell matchup. Well, there was a different one going on on the Pacific Coast, and that was with... Damian Lillard and off-night Davion Mitchell. Oh. Yeah, so Dame finishes 8 of 24, 0 for 9 from 3, including a game-winning 3 attempt that went in and out. But, I mean, he finishes with 20 points, 11 assists, so he's killing guys in terms of being a playmaker. But if you want a guy, if you build a guy in a lab to match up with somebody like Damian Lillard, Davion Mitchell is that guy in terms of sliding his feet, being really aggressive, being a bigger body, even though he's not the tallest guy. So I thought that was really interesting. Maybe we do have another Lou Dort over in Sacramento. Hey, I told you, my guy off night is the truth, for mm-hmm. real. So. What about you, though? Any overreactions, anything crazy happened that you're like, wow? Anything good or bad? This could Both. possibly happen. Either. I would have to trace back to basketball's golden child, LaMelo Ball. Okay. I mean, it was just crazy to see him get the dub over the Indiana Pacers after trailing down 23 points in the third quarter. This was the third largest comeback in a season opener, opener in NBA history. Melo dropped 31, 9, and 7 in 25 minutes of play without his backcourt mate, Scary Terry, playing alongside him. But also, Gordon Hayward helped out by dropping a cool 27, 5, and 3 in 35 minutes of play. But overall, this was, I would have to say this was an impressive win by the Hornets, man. It was just excited to watch how Melo continues to grow and expand his game to new heights. So I'm excited to watch him as the season progresses. No, we talked about it, but there's so many great young guys. I mean, we didn't even talk about Ja. He gets 37 and a win over the Cavs. Um, LeBron was incredible on opening night, hitting a bunch of crazy shots. AD had 30. Jokic was great last night. Bunch of great players. Definitely not something to overreact to, but I'd think about it. Yeah. We'll see though. It was it's on, just only season over. Well, trends for the season start now. Yeah. If you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna start it, it'd be now. You can break that trend, but a lot of these guys who do end up having MVP campaigns or great seasons, you know, they started off strong and go all the way through. 
Most not to say you can't recover, but it's always nice to start. Um, start well. No, for real. Always good to start off on a good note. But last episode, Mike and I picked who would win the games on opening night of the NBA season. Mike predicted that the Nets would win versus the Bucks, and the Warriors would get the dub over the New Look Lakers. And I predicted the literally complete opposite by rocking with the Bucks and the Lakers. However, on opening night, the Bucks beat the Nets 127-104, to 104, and the Warriors beat the Lakers 121-114. to 114. It's kind of ironic because Mike said one of us would go 2-0 and and the other would go 0-2. It never really, go one and one, it never occurred to us that, one of, that both of us would go 1-1, one one, but that was funny to see. But tonight, though, on ESPN's matchup features Luka Magic and the Dallas Mavs heading to the A to take on Ice Trey and the Hawks. And the second game features Chef Steph. Look at Curry, man. Hey, shout out to Flight. Taking on PZ13 and the LA Clips. Now, Mike, who you got coming out with the dub? First, Hawks Mavs. Um, I, I'll take the Mavericks in this one. I like Luka to go off in this one, get a bunch of points coming off the Olympics in Slovenia. He looked really, really good. And I feel like there's something for him to prove here. And I'm also really interested to see in the first game with Jason Kidd as head coach how he implements Porzingis because I know that he said that he wants to get him some post touches. He wants him to be more involved in the offense. So it'll be really interesting to see exactly how he goes about that and sort of the new look Mavericks because they have a lot of new pieces. But what about you for that one? Let me first start, first start by saying these two superstars – and Luke and Trey have been compared to each other ever since they got drafted together. Mm-hmm. And from the jump, they've shown flashes that, you know, right now I'm a superstar in the league. So it's just great to see. It's just always great to see th- these two go at it uh, on the floor together. But I'm going to have to go with the Hawks, though. Okay. This is a young, exciting team to watch. We saw last year in the playoffs, Trey Young is continuing to put on a – put the league on notice that, you know, my time is now. You feel me? So, but also, I feel like he has the advantage, though, because he's surrounded by better players than Luke is. You got guys like John Collins and Clint Compella. Like, hey, that that pick-and-roll action uh, between the both of them with Trey is literally unstoppable. You can't guard that. But also, you got my guy, Kevin Kavon, Red Velvet Herder. <laughs> he got mm-hmm. so many nicknames. But – he just inked a new contract, so I'm happy for him. Also, you got Bogdanovich coming back. You got Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. And I'm also a big fan of the rookies that they picked up in the draft this season. They got Sharif Cooper out of Auburn and Jalen Johnson out of Duke. So I just can't wait to see can't wait to see those rooks go out there and get their first taste of the regular season action. So No, the Hawks are definitely set up to have a better team than the Mavericks, but for this opening night, I think that Somehow Luka gets it done. Some Luka magic like you were talking about. But you got to understand the fan base in the A. Like, they, they get Liddy over there, though, bro. I, I'm going to push back on this. <laughs> I, I've seen playoff games up until this ca- past couple of years. I mean, when they had Al Horford and Paul Millsap, and they were not selling out those games. But now, Trey, it's a new era, It's a new it's era. A new, right? it's a new like, era. You feel me? Ice Trey we'll see got if the they city can, hot we'll right now. We'll see if they can keep it up. Well, all right, moving on. Next, we got the Warriors and the Clips. Who you got, Mike? Um, The Warriors didn't do me wrong on Monday. I'm going to take the Warriors again. 
Steph had an off game and was still really good. He had his first triple-double since 2016. Look at Curry, man. Look at Curry. What an inspiration. But, like, <laughs> I don't think he's going to have another bad game. Jordan Poole looked awesome. The Amanya Bielitsa fit right into their system. Draymond was switching all over the place. And then the Clippers, I'm just really kind of worried about how they fit and how they do things, how they're going to implement things like – they had a great playoff run last year, but then they add new pieces with a lot of rookies, and they add Eric Bledsoe. So how do they exactly go about that? And they're still in a weird position where they don't exactly have a point guard. I mean, they have Reggie Jackson, but he's not a traditional point guard. But they're sort of a weird lineup, but I've got the Warriors, just a team who's played more together and looked pretty good on opening night. Okay, okay. For the first time since this segment, we're actually going to agree. This is great. <laughs> I doubt it. The Doves, when they when they played against the Lakers, and they proved me wrong. I'm not doing that again. Mm-hmm. Feel me? So, looking back on it, the Doves are looking unstoppable, unstoppable right now, even without Clay. Curry dropped a cool 21 against the Lake Show, and it wasn't just him. You had his long-lost splash brother, Jordan Poole, show out and showcase that, you know, I can't hang with you, Curry. I got you. I'm going to hold it down while Clay, is back, while Clay comes back. And... Coach Curry must have just told JP, like, look, bro, we've seen what you can do at Michigan. Just go out there and hoop. Well, they need him to do. I don't know who else is creating those shots and getting a bunch of buckets like that. I mean, Andrew Wiggins can give you 20 on some nights, but he's not necessarily somebody who you want to depend on. So until Clay gets back, like you said, Jordan Poole's got to be that guy to pick up the scoring if the Warriors want any chance to really compete during the regular season because Steph can't go out there and score 50 every night. That's that's true, but you gotta understand. It's not just them two. You got guys. I'm just like, talking about in scoring. Yeah, 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 but you got guys like Damian Lee, Damian Lee, Damian Lee, Lee. I'm sorry. You good? And <laughs> Andrew Wiggins showing out and showcasing why that you know the Dubs are a team that you shouldn't sleep on in the regular season, and that's why I'm picking them to win in their house tonight. So. Well, they looked more like the Warriors than they have in the past couple of years just in terms they had 30 assists, just really moving the ball around, getting up and down the floor, doing a bunch of things. Because I know a lot of it last year, they kind of got out of rhythm where Steph was kind of doing his best Harden impression from Houston, where he was doing a lot of high pick and roll, a lot of step backs, a lot of things like that. But, yeah, seeing the Warriors get back to being the Warriors is really interesting, and I wonder – how real that is and how long this can, I guess, play out through the season. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun matchup between those two. We'll but with these picks, we're guaranteed someone's going to be yeah. have a losing record on Monday. <laughs> someone's going to get clowned. It's going to be lopsided, though. we yeah. going to see. But this is going to have to wrap up today's episode. Be sure to follow us on IG at Thundergrads and Twitter at the Thundergrads to stay up on all of our latest content. But Big Mike, you got anything you got to say to the people? Um, not much else. I mean, if you heard me on the James Hale show, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to definitely listen to him on 105.3 on CBS. Just some different things. I'll definitely have some spots in the next couple of weeks talking Thunder basketball on the radio. So if you want to hear me, support me, that'd be great. But um, like Miles said, support the socials. We'll be back on Monday. We'll live tweet all the games. Let's get ready for some Thunder basketball. We are the Thundergrads. You have been dismissed from class.